All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Blam Show today. I have uh, a very awesome guest, John Bates from In Interstellar Barbecue. Man, great. Thanks for coming. Yeah, happy to be here. Dude, if y'all want to join in on this conversation, uh, the whole thing is on Ibble. You can ask us questions. Uh, it's actually going to be across all platforms, but Ibble, you can actually join in on this conversation and ask us questions. And after we're done here, we can continue it by answering anything you want to ask John that I didn't get to. So that's that. Very cool. Yeah. What do you think so far um, about the studio, man? I love it. It's the nicest place I've been in right. as far as podcasting. <laughs> it's, I, it legit. blew me away when I walked in. I yeah. love it. Uh, so I really haven't seen you much since um, these past two festivals. That's uh, all I, you know, most of our interaction has been at these festivals. Sure. So uh, the first thing I ever had from you was, uh, and this I wanted to get on this because, I mean, your pork belly's right here, yeah. was was what you did at the last year's Come and Smoke It. You did like a, like a slice of pork belly on top of something. I forgot what it was. Yeah, so I think that one we did um, uh, the smoked pork belly with peach glaze on uh, yeah. curried rice. The curried rice, that's yeah. what it was. That was my favorite bite of the, the festival, man. It's a good dish. Yeah. Do you do that one at the restaurant? I wish we did. What's um, stopping you? Yeah, you know, it's, <laughs> we cook what we want, cook yeah. what I want to eat. Um, sometimes the things I want to eat are a little outside of what the customers are looking for. Yeah, that, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And, and I guess the curried rice doesn't really go um, with traditional barbecue. I mean, I, I think it goes great. But um, when the customer comes in and they have like an expectation of what they are looking for, yeah. sometimes when you throw those kind of flavors at them, it's like too far off their radar for them to give it a try. Right. Do you? Uh, so do you get most people coming in asking about just regular old barbecue? That's all they want? I mean, are they are they trying to go for? I mean, you've you're a pretty accomplished chef, so I think most of our regulars, the ones that can still make it in at this point yeah. in time, um, definitely go for the the specials and the things that we run. That's a little more chefy, if you will. Yeah. But a, a good majority are coming in for like the items that they've they just they've heard about, like you know that they know us for, for pork belly, brisket, and you know, sausages and whatnot. So you're telling me before before we started here that the pork belly has kind of been, you know, it's flying off the shelf a lot faster than it it was when you first dropped it. Yeah. Yeah. So everybody's kind of uh, flipping out over over the way you're doing it. What's you're kind of bringing you? Does nobody do it in Austin or do they? Well, I mean, uh, there's lots of pork belly in Austin, kind yeah. of like in general, and like uh, bistros and fine dining restaurants, but not a lot of barbecue places serve much pork belly. Yeah. So I think, you know, we're not the only one, but I think. Ours kind of stands out as a unique preparation in the Austin area, for sure. I really like the way you do it because a lot of the guys, whenever I learned to do the pork belly, because there wasn't, you know, whenever I was cooking in Austin, I didn't feel like there was any barbecue spots that did it. I yeah. mean, there might have been a, excuse me, there might have been a few, but there's not any that I can remember. So I get up there and you've got the meat church, you've got Dane's barbecue, you've got all these guys that are doing these crazy pork bellies, but they're cubing it up first and then season it so they can get, sure. you know, a little bit more bark around the whole thing. And I thought I'd go, you know, kind of outside the bounds and just cook the whole slab and then cutting it up. So where you, I love seeing the layers on it, you know, that's yeah. like cake. I'm with and, you. I think that's the way to do it. Yeah, exactly. And then kind of glaze it afterwards. And then I did something to where like I'd even hit it with a torch so I can, you know, crisp up the sides a little bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That sounds it, badass. It was awesome. Yeah. Can, yeah. And it's, it puts on a show too. You bring it out and you're like, okay, pork belly is nearly ready. Let me go yep. ahead and torch it real <laughs> fast. <laughs> yeah. Pork belly is great. I mean, we served it at our previous restaurant and we would smoke whole bellies. And for that place, we would cut it into steaks, tan sear it, yeah. turn it into like a, a our version of a BLT with roasted what? tomatoes and roasted garlic aioli. So 
I, I'm very familiar with pork belly, but I, I'm with you. I think cooking like big pieces and then cubing it, mm -hmm. it allows it to have some integrity. It makes it a lot sexier looking on the plate. You can see the layers. Yeah. It doesn't get all beat up because when they cube it, you know, they stir and, it. Yeah, and they're tossing and just, it. and It's all mashed. And it stuff. does. Well, I mean, you know, it's hard to, get, to render the fat the right way to where it's not just going to fall apart uh, as soon as you're trying to cut it off. You know, that, yeah. that cap likes to come off or that bark likes to come off immediately. Man, man, yeah, I cannot get enough of the pork belly ever, and I'm so happy that I kind of, but it's really hard to cook, so you go across some of these other festivals, and pork belly, since, you know, most of these pit, these pit masters, it's a pit master showcase for most of these festivals, it's sure. not like a competition situation, so they're doing like the one single bite thing, and, you know, a lot of people will go real crazy and, you know, do a taco and have all these different components messed into it, but I like to just go and drop just the single pork belly. You know, and, and to say here's here's some pork belly or some glaze or whatever. Yeah. Um, but then there's other folks that have been doing it, and I've noticed, and that a lot of people don't cook it all the way to where. It, so there's like a real fine line. There's a sweet spot. I mean, like a brisket, you know, there is the money spot, and mm -hmm. then there's underdone where it's a little tight and yeah. tough, and then there's overdone where the belly gets kind of mushy and it'll come off kind of greasy. So hitting that sweet spot where it just has enough integrity to hold together, yeah, but it's not chewy. What uh, what pork belly are you using? Is it skinless? Uh, yeah, so we use a skinless uh, Berkshire pork belly. Very cool. Um, I like uh, heritage breed pork for this particular dish because it's not like being mixed in with something, so it's got to stand on its own. Yeah, so. are you doing the same with your spare ribs and everything as well, or? Um, the spare ribs we use Berkshire as well. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, they're a really great company, man. Yeah. Yeah, we used them. That was our first choice. You know, you get your backups. Yeah. And you, you got Duroc and Redwall yep. and all these other uh, breeds, but uh, the Duroc. I like the sizing on it, and then I also just like the fact that it's, uh, I mean, the Berkshire, I mean, it's, I like the sizing on it, and I like the availability of it. Absolutely. What uh, what brisket are you using? Um, we're working with Hartley Ranch. I love Hartley Ranch. Yeah. Dude, Justin does such good. He yeah. takes care of his cows so good. That's what we used over at Law for whenever I was there. Okay. Yeah, they're great. Um, we got in on their Prime program that they rolled out uh, about a year and a half ago, because they were doing all natural, yeah, but we're so now upper working. two thirds, right? Yeah, we're using uh, their Prime program, and um, it's been great. Okay, it's good. Check. I'm gonna check that out yeah. actually real fast. You gotta get in there. <laughs> so that's exactly what you're looking for. I wish. I mean, if you could zoom in on this, anybody? There's no way to do that. <laughs> it's it's rendered perfectly. How big are these briskies coming in? This seems like a small. Um. The heaviest ones that come in are around 16, 17 pound pre-trim. Yeah. And then we get some smaller ones that are closer to 12. Holy. What's your rub? <laughs> uh, are you are you one of the are you one of the ones that's not going to say what it is? No, or? no, I'll tell everybody. I mean, yeah, cuz they still got to cook the brisket like yeah, you cook it. It's super simple. I mean, we we don't have any secret ingredients with our um, brisket. Uh, no slather, no lowries. We just go kosher salt. Uh, black pepper and garlic, granulated garlic. That's it. So. Let the meat shine. Exactly. I I grew up in restaurants and uh, at a young age, of course, cooking like fabulous steaks, and um, it just got kind of ingrained in me that if you cook the meat right and you've got good product, it doesn't need anything else. So I'm a purist when it comes to that. I'm a firm believer in that as well. Um, I had, I've added a few extra seasoning salts and stuff, but yeah. cooking steaks, the simpler the better. Yeah. I mean, why ruin it? You got this. Like you get a beautiful, you know, ribeye. Especially, you know, with the, like you know the Hartley Ranch kind of situation when they're like taking that much care of their animals, and, to, and taking that much time to sit there and uh, procure, you know, this this grass fed, um, really work of work of art when it comes to cows. 
Yeah, they do good work. I'm sorry, I got stuck. It's all like right back behind your tooth, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying you worked in restaurants. I mean, uh, obviously, you know, you don't just jump into being a chef. You got to, you work, did you start off as a busboy like me at Texas Roadhouse? Um, <laughs> I didn't get quite that high up the ladder. I started out as a dishwasher. Oh, man. Um, good buddy of mine, uh, when I was a kid, said, hey, you want to make some money this summer? And I was like, hell yeah, I want to make some money. I got no money. Broke. I was like 16, you know? <laughs> yeah. Go kill it. Uh, he's like, well, come up to the restaurant. We've got the perfect job for you. And I get there, and he's like, all right, this is the dish pit. And you got to wash all these dishes. And it was just like this fucking huge, like, mountain of dishes. This crazy steakhouse that was cranking all the time. And it's just like... This big old heavy ceramic plates. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then halfway through the evening, the cooks came back to kind of indoctrinate me and welcome me to the team. And they all had, like, wet towels. And they were popping me and <laughs> grabbed a water hose and sprayed them off. Yeah. And uh, I was hooked. And that's all I've done since. The camaraderie back there in the kitchen is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> it's a lot of, did yeah. they mess with you? With uh, I mean, okay, well, first off, do you mess with your employees now, the new ones? So I, I, whenever they did the whole thing, and these are probably things you've heard, you know, like we were right next to an IHOP, you know, how most Texas roadhouses are. Yeah. So they're right next to IHOP there, and they're like, hey, will you go next door? And this is like my third day on the job. Will you go, go ahead, go next door and get the squeegee sharpener? Like our squeegee needs to be sharpened in, um, you know, otherwise we can't push the water the right way. So then you go over there and you're like, can I talk to the manager? Um, uh, they told me to ask for the squeegee sharpener and they just look at you and they bust out laughing yeah. or they're like, yeah, come on, follow me back here. You know, and give you something that's absolutely stupid, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, we, we've done some, some of that in the past. Uh, I actually talked a, uh, a waiter into changing the air in our walk-in cooler. Oh, no. So I said, all right, get this trash bag, go in the walk-in, wave it around, fill it full of air, take it out, dump it, and then get some fresh air and take it into the walk-in. It helps the food stay better. That's awesome. Did they did they look at you like you're crazy, but then I'll no, do it. No, I insisted it. that he did it. I insisted that you do it. And, uh, yeah, he was back there for like 15 minutes before Chef found out, and he was like, what the hell are you doing? He's like, well, John told me that I had to do this. Get out of there. Get out of there. <laughs> They did that. It was kind of. I did the same. The, the coffee, you know, the um, the never-ending hot water on the coffee machines. Mm -hmm. Yeah, empty. You know, five-gallon bucket emptying out the water, and I'm just sitting there like, where is it holding all this water? Where's all this? Water? You know, being 14, 15 years old. Yeah, that's too funny. Yeah, yeah. Well, what what else you got on the plate for us here? Uh, so you know, we talked about the pork belly. Uh, yeah. Our brisket. Uh huh. Uh, a couple links of sausage. What you? What's over in the in the corner over there? The, so we've got some beets on there today yeah. as well. Um, try to introduce like fun new items to the barbecue format, and uh, I've been kind of digging on beets lately. So we're doing a beet and kale salad with a pecan crumble on top. You don't, you don't see beets often on the, on, on the on the barbecue menus. Not at all. so much. I mean, maybe in Houston, maybe in Dallas a little bit, but you don't see it in the rest of Texas for sure. Yeah, man. And then that's a beautiful potato salad. Are you turkey? Are you are you doing a special rub for your turkey, or do you do you trying to do the same situation where you try and salt and pepper it? Uh, we we take a little more liberty with the yeah. turkey. Um, because it take it's it's such like the the under the unsung hero. It is, and it's great when it's done right. Yeah. You know, um, for me, like my big thing with turkey is I've gone to so many meals where you bite into turkey and it's like chewing on sawdust. Uh, no, man. and the more you chew it, it gets bigger because <laughs> you're getting <laughs> yes. the moisture back yeah. into the dry ass turkey. Yeah, so. We really work hard to make sure uh, it's nice and juicy. So we actually uh, marinate our turkey in a bucket of beer overnight. Oh, wow. Called Tipsy Turkey because yeah. it's drunk. Okay. <laughs> and then the next day, uh, we hit it with uh, a pretty simple blend of garlic and, and pepper and uh, no salt because it's already got the salt in mm -hmm. it. 
uh, and then smoke it that way. Yeah. Yeah. I messed up on that before. I didn't, I didn't realize I was getting the pre-brined turkeys and hit my normal one. Yeah. People were coughing when they're taking bites. Yeah, dude, it's horrible. No, it's really, it's, it's really the unsung. I mean, I know most of the people probably in your restaurant too, uh, just the same one with, with me, dude, whenever they're not going to get a slice of brisket on their lunch break, you know, most yeah. of them are trying to make like turkey sandwiches or some kind of, um, like Frito, Frito pie or something just, you know, that's not on the menu that they don't have if they eat a hundred times. And the other thing with the turkey too, it's like we have a lot of people, especially early in the restaurant's history that would come in on their quick lunch break. Mm -hmm. And uh, if it was a mixed crowd, you know, there would be folks that would want something lighter and something heavier. So turkey is always a great option for folks that are looking oh, yeah. to eat a little, little lighter, a little yes. healthier. So, you know, you don't have the one person that stops you from coming to, you know, interstellar barbecue exactly. because like, oh, I don't eat red meat, you know. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. And in and, and that same token, too, we've really worked hard to expand the proteins at the restaurant, too. So we've got lamb on the platter today as well. Oh, and fancy that. Pulled lamb, huh? Yeah. A new addition to the menu this year. We were, we're going to try to make sure that we keep lamb on the menu all the time. Oh, y'all doing pulled pork as well? Uh, we do pulled pork, lamb, uh, and then, of course, beef, turkey. Uh, Man. what's uh, So what do you? what is the lamb? What's the actual cut that you're putting on there and then cooking? So that's to? a squared off lamb shoulder. Uh -huh. um, it's, it's an interesting cut because you get a little bit of the ribs and a little bit of the tenderloin and then the rest of the shoulder. And it cooks beautiful, like a like a like pork, a regular pork, like a pork, pork. shoulder would. And you pull it, and it's just got this really nice, like decadent lamb flavor. I love uh, it. it's like a barbacoa te texture, you know, like a beef yeah. cheek kind of texture. Yeah, That's... and it's and it's rich. It's rich like that too. And cool. It's, it's got great history in Texas. Like lamb is a big part of Texas ag. Yeah. Uh, so there's no reason why it shouldn't be included on a platter of barbecue in the state. And nobody does. I mean, does anybody else in Austin that's doing it? I don't know. I, I mean, seen that. I've I'd... had it in Southside and Taylor. Yeah. I think. Or Elgin, um, but no, you don't see it very often. Well, I mean, I know that. Uh, so that's the that takes on the whole new thing of you know. There's two different things on here. I know I haven't seen at most at these restaurants, which is you know your um, um, your beets and then your lamb that mm -hmm. most people do not do, which is awesome. And that I think that really pays tribute to your you know your your chef background. So you <laughs> you grew up um, in Corpus Christi, right? Yeah, hometown. Yeah, and then you went to culinary school out there as well. Yeah, so um, you know, once I got hooked on the the, the amazing lifestyle of being yeah. a dishwasher. And Wait, a cook. You, sorry, I gotta go back. <laughs> I gotta go back. You moved, so you stayed at the dishwasher, and then where'd you where'd you go from there? Did you go to like? Oh man. Yeah. Um, so it was a steakhouse in Corpus called Gallagher's, and I started out as a dishwasher. Then was promoted to busboy, then promoted to salad <laughs> oh, boy. Nice. Uh, in about a year and a half, I found myself uh, on the wood fired grill cooking steaks there in the evenings. That's that's nice. So. It's a really cool place to, to like learn how to cook, and it was just, you know, it was it was a nut house when it comes to like old school like restaurants yeah. where they were just partying all the time. And mm -hmm. as a teenager, I was like, this is the coolest job. Ever. This is the life for me. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna do know, this forever. Like I'm practically in charge, <laughs> and I'm 17. Like how does this even happen? Yeah, you're over there running the line, really, because you're, yeah. you're in the center of the whole line, doing being the guy that's. Did you really you burn a few steaks? I guess in the first. Yeah, I mean, you always do <laughs> yeah. at first, but uh, but yeah, it was a blast, you know. And, and that's a lot of where my love of like like live fire cooking comes from yeah. that and from childhood. And you kind of got away from that um, during your culinary, like your your culinary. After you started doing that, you know, you kind of wanted to say, "Hey, I'm gonna do this as a career forever. Let me go and get some education." Sure. Um, and were you like, "I'm gonna go back to live fire"? You just you didn't know exactly what you. Well, so uh, early on in life, I found out I was gonna have my first kid. Oh yeah, my son. And uh, I was like, "Well, shit, I gotta get serious now." Like, How old were you? Uh, I was 23. Yeah. Yeah, I was 23. 
And I decided, well, I can't do anything else. I don't want to work in an office. Um, let's like take cooking serious. So I went to culinary school in my hometown, uh, got a degree in culinary arts and restaurant management. And then at that point, I decided to get more in line with like the like American fine dining and high end restaurants. Yeah, it was, for several years. It was that, and how long before you decided to do Noble Pig? Oh gosh, I mean, I was probably in restaurants close to twenty years when I decided it was time to work for myself yeah. instead of somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that was a good decision in the long run, but at the time, it seemed like a good plan. Yeah. So. I mean, and I know what you mean. It's, it's like it's always good to like get out from under the thumb of somebody. Yeah, but then there's so much more responsibility I mean, yeah. having your own thing. <laughs> my my old boss Emmett, he was he was pretty funny. I told him I was like, hey. Yeah, I hate to give you this bad news, but I'm going to leave because I want to open up my own thing. And he, yeah. he looked at me and he smiled and he says, that's great. Yeah. You're going to love having a bunch of new bosses. Like, what are you talking about? It's like, it's like, if you leave here, you got one boss. Go and open your place. Every customer is now your boss. Every single one of them. And I was like, oh, that doesn't sound cool at all. No. And it didn't really sink in until you got to experience yeah, you it. Don't, yeah, you don't realize that until you get into the thick of like running a place where you're trying to make customers happy and yeah. manage staff and uh yeah it's you know it's i'm glad i did it but it's a it's a different animal than say like being the chef at a restaurant or right. the gm or uh, and i've i'm now back to that point to where yeah. i'm like man i'll i'll work somewhere <laughs> i'll right. open up smileys again at some point ashley and i will open up smileys again at some point but as of right now i'm enjoying not doing that because it was you know it's 100 hours 100 hours a week if not more you know oh, whatever yeah. it's, tough. it's really tough uh, how long? How long did y'all run Noble Pig for? Um, gosh, man, we opened up in two thousand and ten. Yeah, and uh, we ran Noble for almost nine years. Yeah, it was still here whenever whenever I was in Austin. Yeah, we opened up. Eventually, we expanded to two locations, and uh, about that time uh, was when I decided that I was ready for a change, and yeah. we started exploring doing like barbecue and doing pop ups. But we had a pretty good run with Noble. Yeah, did you? Nine years. Did y'all end up selling it to somebody, or did y'all just close it down? <laughs> wish, wish I had sold it. You're just uh, like no more. No, <laughs> we we you know we ran into some headwinds when we flipped the space out north to do Interstellar. Um, we still had our location in Central Austin on Burnett, and we we're just coming up against uh, you know the growth and taxation of Austin. Oh yeah. Uh, and then COVID was you know was not too far on the horizon, and I'm glad that we decided to how to get out from underneath of all the stuff that we had yeah. in Austin because we wouldn't have survived COVID without restaurants. Opened my second location a month before COVID hit. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, you know the story. We're no longer open. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know the story. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, that was, you. I mean, with your menu, you obviously have, like at the Noble Pig, you have the freedom to kind of bring in bring in whatever you want to the yeah. scratch-to-table situation. Uh, do you find yourself kind of limited by barbecue now? Um, well, I, I've got this bad habit in my life to try to make things more difficult than they should be. <laughs> Man, me and you both. <laughs> it's the, the natural like inclination for like a lifelong cook and chef to make it harder. Yeah. So I've actually really, um, tried to embrace the less is more kind of like Italian ethos of cooking where it's like, just choose a few well chosen items and mm -hmm. put it together. So I, I like the fact that, uh, barbecue kind of put some limits on what we can do. So it doesn't make you have to be like, okay, now I've got to figure out something new again. I've got to no. do, the, oh man, I've always got to be, and I mean, you are, you are, you are putting, like you're saying, you're, you're pushing the limits on it, but you're still kind of bringing that traditional feel to it. 
um, while giving people, you know, broadening their, you know, their barbecue horizon to say what is possible at a restaurant in Texas. Sure. I mean, by no means does that mean we're not trying to like expand and, and grow the the palate and the things that you can serve with barbecue, but um, because of the size of the restaurant, because of how we choose to do service mm-hmm. um, and the limitations that I've tried to put on my like style cooking to to make life easier and, and hopefully to improve my food, you know, we do try to keep things simpler. Yeah, in a sense. No, I mean, it makes it. There's a, there's so many guys out there that are just taking. You know, you've got the traditional meat markets that Central Texas has kind of yeah. bloomed around, um, and then now that I mean, I wouldn't say played out. But it's just there's so it's so saturated with so many great places that you've got to do something different to kind of stand out at this point. Yeah. And, um, you know, you've got folks like you, you've got um, the, Leroy, the Leroy and Lewis with Evan Leroy. Um, and then, I mean, CM Smokehouse isn't even serving a traditional menu anymore. They're yeah. Take, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I really like the way it's going whenever it comes to that side of it. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's not really, I'm very simple whenever it comes to my cooking. Like, I try, my inventiveness takes like weeks, <laughs> weeks to put together. You know, I, I can't be thrown on the spot and say, come up with this because I've, I mean, I don't have as much to draw from. Sure. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm with you on, on the way food's going, especially, uh, you know, in, in Austin and the bigger cities. I mean, it's a really, like, it's a tough market. There's a ton of barbecue restaurants. Yeah. And when I told people that I was going to close down the sandwich shop and open a barbecue restaurant, they were like, we don't need another barbecue restaurant. Yeah, it's There's a million is, of them. This is the Mecca. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, well, I think we have something to, like, add to the conversation. Like, trust me, I'm not a terrible cook. Yeah. Like, I can make a good sandwich. You know, hopefully you'll trust me to make good barbecue. But um, I, I'm very much inspired by the Evans of the world and... Uh, the, the kind of the next generation of uh, barbecue guys and girls that are like taking the food and trying to like shepherd it into the next phase. So honoring the tradition of barbecue the right way here in Texas, but adding like new things, right? Know, adding new ingredients, uh, making sure that everything on the platter matters, not just the meats. Yeah, you know? no, and so. that was that was the big changing point I think over the past like five or six years yeah. <laughs> not even i mean probably a little bit more than that but uh at least since you know aaron came on the scene and, yeah. and, and that was before everybody's the most of these barbecue joints that you get you got to chop the brisket you got to throw it on a potato and cover it with sauce yeah uh, all the sides come from cisco or from you know one of the big box stores and they get in tubs of potato salad and that's the potato salad you get you know which so this right here um since there are so many places that do have you know amazing meats uh, the sides are really where are getting to sign, shine for people now and kind of bringing people in because it's, of like, you know, I kind of think that Aaron ushered this all in. Yeah. You know, he's the guy that kind of redefined uh, the meat side of barbecue. Right. Uh, he showed everybody there was a way where you could serve world-class meats on a platter. Um, so he ushered that level in and like, so everybody who's come after him, now we all have to try to make meats that good, but how do we differentiate ourselves from, from like you got a Aaron. plus one you gotta yeah. the, you gotta bring the heat with the meats yeah. plus one you know so it just keeps getting a little the level keeps going up and up and up and i'm sure there's some some kid at a barbecue place right now thinking about what he's going to do to to take it to the next level 10 too. years from now right yeah exactly oh my god i can only imagine i mean the stuff that uh Cade's done over at cm smokehouse has been really cool and really eye-opening it's a lot of fun yeah it is i mean literally you know crunch wrap supremes yeah. and <laughs> crazy tacos you know yeah, he takes he takes barbecue to a whole nother section he, he, he makes barbecue fun and like lighthearted and and damn tasty 
And that's, I mean, that's really what it's after. You know, we called, be. we called ourselves Smiley's Barbecue just because that's what you're getting while you're having everybody, even if they're waiting in line for an hour, you know, Great they're name. still having a good time. Well, they called me that in high school too. Uh, stupid reason. <laughs> <laughs> See, uh, yeah, uh, I think I've told it on the, on the show before, but I, uh, I was, I was a wrestler and among plenty of other things, you know, but uh, off season for football, you wrestle, you run track or you yeah. power lift or something. And I was wrestling some kid that was supposed to be way better than me and i had him in a headlock and like i just lean back at my coaches and start smiling on they're yeah, like fucking pit him dude like stop <laughs> smiling at me so they called me smiley for enjoy the, the moment for a second <laughs> yeah i was like you got his ass <laughs> that's awesome yeah it's fun um you got pets pets yeah yeah i got two dogs yeah yeah two dogs what kind um they're both good old-fashioned mutts um so all over yeah <laughs> uh, I, I just I love a good mutt. One yeah. looks kind of like a Benji mutt, and the other one looks kind of like some kind of odd blend of a what Dosh Hound and a oh, Chihuahua. Like, like little a little dogs. shorty? Okay. Yeah. A little yapper? <laughs> yeah. So we got we got Mabel, who's the older dog. She's a sweetheart. And then uh, the kids named our youngest dog Odin. Odin. But nobody calls him Odin. He's Odie. Odie? <laughs> yeah. That's how good he's got that. a formal name, like he's some, some kind of show dog, yeah. and then he's got his like house name. Until he gets in trouble. Yeah. Then it's Odin. Odin, get your ass out. Odin Bates. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we got two dogs. Love them. Awesome. They're, they're the, you know, they're, they're the fun guys in the house because the kids have moved out. So. Do you get, are they able to come around the restaurant at all? Do you, do you try and keep them away, I guess, obviously for? Uh, yeah. They, they stay at home, you know. Yeah. I, I, maybe I'm not the best pet owner in the world, but they're very well loved. So, and <laughs> yeah. they're well taken care of. I mean, you, you got you got the, they're not just sitting by themselves all day. No. Yeah, they got each other. Yeah. yeah. Have you, uh, you know, seen kind of a big uh, uptick with the Texas Monthly situation? You know, since you got, I mean, I don't know if any of y'all know this, but this got number two <laughs> in the state of Texas for the Texas Monthly Top 50 list that comes out once every four years. Yeah, um, pretty amazing. Yeah. I mean, in Austin, you're top dog now. Apparently. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. what do you think? Uh, well, I mean, it's been a wild ride. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's everything one could hope for when you're going into barbecue and you're aware of right. the amount of, like, I guess, power and prestige that the Texas Monthly list has in barbecue. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been it's been cool. I mean, uh, we've literally overnight gone from just kind of a quiet, sleepy little barbecue joint in Cedar Park to... Like we're now at destination place that people yeah. come to from all over the world. And people now, and literally, you're seeing people because you got yeah. the international airport here in Austin. Yeah, I mean, we have had people in from Sweden, from Germany, Italy, all over the country. I've got a guy staging with us that grew up in Hong Kong, wow. and lives in London, and he like reached out to me over the internet and said, "Hey, I want to come stage and learn with you." And so we've got, yeah, it's like. He become international yeah, overnight. It's crazy. He, won't, he won't be the last one. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, we'll see. We're going to take that one person at a time. Yeah, he's yeah. been great. So. Good, good, good. You at least you know he didn't get turned off to the first one that came in. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's been a wild ride. I mean, it's been. I mean, we just talked about, you know, you got Aaron Franklin and these guys that were like, they ran the list for so yeah. long, you know, and then. Our heroes. Yeah, right? Same. Yeah, exactly. And then you come in, um, and how long was Interstellar open? I mean, it, it, you got the, like, the top 25 new restaurants situation that happened, like, halfway through, because y'all didn't open before the last. Yeah, no, we didn't. We kind of missed that list. Yeah. Um, we hadn't been visited by Daniel at that okay. point in time. So. We could have like slid in there at the last minute, but he just he hadn't like visited. Which is even cooler, man, because then those are the ones that people are expecting to be, you know, sure. the top ten or whatever, you know, or at least on the top fifty. And then you're not even on 
that radar, and then yeah. all of a sudden you come in and take we, over the whole town. We weren't on a lot of people's radar. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of people were pretty uh, surprised and shocked. And I mean, you know, we, we just came in at a really weird time. I mean, we came in after that list, yeah. the 25 best new. Um, we came in right before COVID. So we only had about like 10 months of like running a real restaurant before we essentially became a takeout place. Right here. Man, that was the soul killer. Yeah, yeah, just pressure. Yeah. And um, so a lot of people didn't get the opportunity to really like get a proper introduction to us. You know, we didn't have time to build up to that. Yeah. And so we came out of COVID and we were making what I thought was our best food ever. I mean, I think my team is absolutely crushing it right now. They have been for a while. Uh, and to land on that list just shocked me just about as much as everybody yeah. else. Did you did you wake up and you're like, holy shit, what the? Uh, did yeah. you kind of have like a little <laughs> bit of a? Um, did anybody? Did was there like rumors and stuff going around, or did you hear anything before it happened? Well, we didn't really have an idea what was going on. I mean, my dream of dreams was to like make the list in some kind of format. Yeah. Uh, and then you know, Daniel visited, and I I know that some other people came through. I don't know when they did, but I knew. That anybody was being considered had multiple visits so when daniel came in i was like well that's a good sign that means like we got a chance yeah. to make the list um and then as it got closer to the actual uh list being released they did a fact check with us and i was like oh that's a good sign that means a lot and then they sent out a photographer and i was like whoa that's even better that's on the top you know? 50 at least yeah so yeah. i was like well gosh this is gonna come true like this is nuts you know we're gonna make a list <laughs> And then some rumors started breaking a few days before on some Facebook groups, and they were saying some crazy things that we were number two. And I was just like, you got to be kidding me. There's no fucking way yeah. we're number two. <laughs> I, mean, I think we're that good. For sure. But we haven't been around long enough to, like, get that kind of— There's other guys in line. Yeah, you know respect. That, you yeah, know, right? I figure there's a waiting list to move up that high. <laughs> um, but, yeah, when the list dropped on Monday, I was by my computer like everybody else, and when I hit the refresh button and there we were, it was like— Oh man, this shit just got real. Yeah, You're like man, we got it. We got to go ahead and call my Cisco rep. Yeah. I'm about to have to double the order. <laughs> yeah, and then I got on the phone and started calling pit makers. Like, hey, we need a pit now. Like, yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> right now. You got enough space now? Um, we have a sufficient amount of space. Yeah. We're still trying to figure out like where the sweet spot is for our literal footprint, and then how much food we can cook. Yeah, are you you mostly selling out every day? Like the most of the typical, right? I mean. The typical uh, in in restaurant, I mean, in Austin downtown, they're selling out three, four, two or three o'clock. You know, um, yeah. are you being up in Cedar Park? Are you still seeing the same thing? Yeah, we're a little different than some of those joints. Um, Wednesdays and Thursdays, we usually have food until about five. That's nice. Um, and it's actually opened up this window for our regulars to start coming back in because cool. it quiets down around two o'clock. Um, Friday, Saturday, and Sundays are still pretty much you know uh, line until we sell out around three, three thirty, yep. four. Depends on the makeup of the crowd. That's what I've learned now. It's like if we have a lot of people in that are on the barbecue trail and they're with their boys and their families, they order big platters. We run out a lot quicker. Those are the fun days. Yeah, those are the great days. Yeah, I mean, uh, you what you'd love. This is this is what you do barbecue for is yeah. to put a tray. And I would call out a small platter on a yeah. on a Saturday for sure. For you sure. You know, you roll. In, you see some guys roll in there and you like, you know, the big half pan just like full of meat. I'm just like. Nuts. And thank you, thank yeah, you so thank much. You. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate yeah. that. There's because it's surreal. Because before all this pre-COVID, pre-Texas uh, Monthly, you know, we were mostly just like a lunch option for a lot of folks. So right. we did a lot of like, you know, sandwich and a slice of brisket, slice of brisket and a couple sides. Uh, we didn't have a ton of these big, you know, photo or their platters yeah. rolling 
that's kind of like a like a grueling uh, style of service whenever that because we got into yeah. a lot of that too over there is mostly you come get you a sandwich in one of the sides and Dude, i hated the... sandwich day when i was on the cutting board oh man i know it's so... <laughs> the group would roll up from the local tech company and the first person would order a sandwich and it's like okay cool ah uh, here we go yeah. and then every person after him would order a sandwich okay, okay, like just, 12, yo, tell me how many fucking sandwiches 20 <laughs> sandwich runs and there was one day uh, some guy rolled up he's like oh, i want a chopped beef sandwich it's like i can't do it we're sold out of buns it's like what do you mean you sold out of buns? I'm like, dude, we're not a sandwich shop. Like, yeah. I bought an appropriate amount of buns for this place today, and we sold them all. So we are sold out. Do you want some chopped beef by weight? <laughs> yeah, I got a tortilla. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't even have tortillas back then, oh, so yeah. I was like, you can have some sliced bread and make your own sandwich. Yeah, figure it out, man. So. Go, go. There's the there's a dollar store out there. Get you a, a, a white white bread or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it's really like. And you're lucky living kind of in the Austin area whenever it comes to like the education of your clientele because they understand what to, what they're looking for. They understand Sometimes. like the style. I mean, not all of them, obviously. And Cedar Park's going to be a little bit outside of the bounds. But yeah. yeah, man, whenever I got up to Fort Worth, like nobody, it was all had, to, everybody wanted nothing but like one, two, and three meat trays. Okay. You know, they, and I, I don't, that's not really the style of barbecue. Not what you wanted to yeah, do. Yeah, it's not what I wanted to do. Yeah. So do you have people coming and asking for your one and two and three? Or do you have that on your menu? No, yeah. um, quickly, like quickly into the the first six months of service at the restaurant, I just, I was like, I can't do a plate for every person in line. It was just wouldn't work with our format, the way we have it set up. So yeah, at that point, neck. we just 86 plates and told people that, you know, it's strictly a la carte. Build a, build a bear. Yeah, build, a, build your own plate. You can call <laughs> yeah. it whatever you want. Yeah. And we would have people rolling. It's like, I want a two meat plate. It's like, well, I got this tray. Yeah. And you can put whatever you want on it and call it a plate, but you got to pay by weight. <laughs> yeah. You can pick two meats yeah. out. Well, I've got two, I've got five meats to choose from. Yeah. So figure it out. But, and when you go that route, it just kind of encourages family style, which, you know, um, it really like improves service for everybody in line. Like if people will order together. Mm-hmm roll through the line together. Um, it just moves things a lot quicker that way. Yeah, and it creates so that it, communal, like, uh, yeah, And trough. that's the way barbecue yeah, should be eaten anyway. Really I mean, you should have a big plate of barbecue that everybody's grabbing brisket and turkey from and, like, enjoying camaraderie and time with people that you want to be around, with mm-hmm. people that you love. Uh, like, having your own little, like, pre-portioned sandwich just doesn't encourage that family vibe. Yeah, you can just, like, set your phone on the table and eat while you're watching, you know, your yeah. your Instagram or whatever instead of having to reach over people and, hey, can you pass me that sausage? Or, hey, how was that? Family style. I want to try it, you know. Yeah. The the family style, I've whenever I've been doing some consultings and some of the people outside of the state of Texas, they still, they most of them do the... Gravity sit- towards plates. And yeah, the, the gravitate towards things. plates and sitting, you know, they don't even have the, the cutter, you know, to where people can see them, really. It's just, it's more of like a, the kitchen is a completely separate thing. They come in, yeah. they get seated, they sit down, they, you know, and there's always like a bottleneck um, situation going on uh, because they're trying to make all these separate plates and whatnot. I'm with you. I think it's really important that it's an interactive experience. So at our restaurant, the cutter is like right front and center. Like right that's when you the, walk in. Yeah. The first person you talk to when you walk up to the counter and then everything feeds over to one side, you get your sides and then you pay. Um, but when we were deciding how we wanted to serve the food, I definitely wanted people to be able to see the juice was running out of the brisket and uh, be able to plate the food right in front of them so they can yeah. just get the smells oh they're getting that you know you use i want a, i want a quarter pound of brisket and you cut it and you're like well you try this real fast they're like well yeah. make that a half pound or exactly make, yeah <laughs> and exactly it's, and, that's and, really... and the looks on people's faces like when you pull out a beautiful like spot on perfect brisket and you unwrap it it's like it's like opening a christmas present right. in front of people and they're just like the oohs and the ahs and you, you, you cut wait, wait, it wait, wait. i need to take a picture now grab like the point i'll put it out in front of them yeah. and they can see they're like 
juice running down your hand, and they're just like, it's beater. Would it taste? I mean, and then it tastes so much better for them because you know you, you eat your eyes, and yeah. that's oh. the most cliche thing to say in, your, in the food world is that you eat with your eyes. You know, it's got to be pretty, but it's so true. Yeah. Now, if it looks like garbage, your impression of it is not going to be changed if it tastes better. Uh huh. I mean, you, you might already. be like, oh, that's good. Yeah. But you're gonna you're going into it thinking like this is garbage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's the same thing with like service. Like you give people crap service, you treat them bad or poorly or indifferently. Like you could care less they're there. They've already got this like kind of sour vibe going yeah. on, and it doesn't matter if you serve them good food or not. They're already kind of like, well, this place sucks. Yeah, they're looking for an excuse okay. even after that to even not to now critique your food, which is probably on point. But so you know, you food, had a server show, with a bad day. The hospitality, all of it, is yeah. like part of the equation. Do you have server? I mean, obviously not servers because everybody's doing it the meat market style. But do you have people walking around checking on people, or is that mostly your job since you got? Um, now that's mostly my job. Yeah, well, people uh, want to see you too. They yeah. Want, yeah. Uh, for the first two years we were open, like pretty much right up until October of last year, I cut um, every plate of barbecue that went through that restaurant. That's hard to give up, too. Yeah, it's hard because <laughs> I wanted to have that personal interaction. I wanted the customers to know that I was like all in right. on the restaurant. And uh, I wanted to make sure that everything that came off the board was something that was up to our standards. Um, so when I passed that off <laughs> uh, last fall, um, I decided that. Uh, along with like helping out wherever there was a fire going on, um, you know, they would be really important to stop by each table and greet them and thank them and ask them honestly how the food was yeah. and if we could get anything for them. So um, I spend a lot of my time when I'm not cooking now, uh, you know, interacting with the guests. Which is really my favorite part. I mean, obviously, I like to cook. I like to be back there. I like to be, yeah. you know, smelling like smoke. But going in there and being and, and having that conversation of because you know, with the experience you built up, with them walking in, them getting to see the meat getting cut, them sitting, you know, getting to have their little, finally, you know, having a little morsel of a of a test, you know, your 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 money bite that you give them on the brisket or something to let them, you know, taste it out or. Uh, and they, they finally pay, they get the dessert, um, yeah. they sit down and then, you know, they're expect they, they've already had this amazing experience of like, oh yeah, here we go. And <laughs> then, then you're getting to come by and kind of like cap that off of being like, Hey, you know, I'm, this is my restaurant, you know, what do you think? I put this to, we put this together and then them having that, this is the best thing I've ever had, or this is, and you're just like, really? And like, not just best barbecue I've ever had. They end up telling you like, this is the best thing I've ever had. And it's for that day, you know, they're going to have something else at yeah. some point, but it's, it's super just rewarding. A good feeling. And, it's super rewarding. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's, it, for me, like a good, like barbecue restaurant exudes like community and hospitality and friendliness. And going out there and having those one-on-one -on -one conversations is a, a good way to like cap that off, to let them know that you really care. Yeah. And I've got an amazing team. Like I'm usually not the only person that stops by the table. Like usually one of the pit guys will roll through the dining room and we'll stop and, hey, how's the food? Or my front of the house staff will roll through and check on folks. So um, the best thing I can hear when I chat with our guests is like, your team is so nice. Yeah. They're, they're, there's this huge line. And they're back there smiling. And when we got up to the counter, they were like super nice to us and didn't rush us and and actually cared about what we were ordering. And that for me is like the most rewarding thing to hear is that that we're like providing that kind of hospitality. And are you I mean, that's really it's hard to get the employees to put that kind of stock into it instead it of just being like, hey, I'm clocking in. This is my job. You know, they're like, hey. We're number two in the state of Texas. I've got a great leader, you know, that puts out great that, you know, you got a great you're you're a great leader that makes them feel like that they've got they can put some stock into the company themselves. Yeah. Um, do you do you let them at all experiment with recipes? Uh, some um, of your guys in the back? I, I always encourage feedback and 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 
uh, involvement in the food. I mean, I think the thing that we work really hard on that I try with this restaurant in particular is like, is to treat our staff with the kind of kindness and love that I would my friends and family mm -hmm. and create that kind of environment that allows them to be happy right. and enjoy what they're doing. And it's so much easier to get people to buy in if they see how much you care. And then the same token that you treat them with um, the, the respect and the kindness and give them the positivity that reinforces like, well, this guy actually gives a shit about me and he really cares about the food. And I love barbecue and I think this stuff is great. So it just makes it easier for them to, to get into the vibe. And I, I'm blessed right now. We have the absolute best people I've ever worked with. And are, I mean, how have most of these people have been with you for a while? They, you Some of have, them have yeah. been with me for um, like Ray, who does all of our trimming and uh, kind of heads the production of sausage and all the meat work been with me for almost seven years. Oh, wow. Okay, then, right. I'm about to try some of the sausage. Yeah, buddy. and then my boy Wardog, who works on the pit with me, he's been with what me a, for almost five years at this point. What a name, Wardog. Yeah, he's a new fan. He oh. goes by many names. He's Wardog, Warren G, the regulator, <laughs> uh, the, you know, the, the admiral of uh, ribs. I mean, he's just, he's got all these names. He's a hoot. <laughs> What's this one? Uh, that's the kielbasa that we make. So it's all brisket trim. Black pepper, paprika, garlic, you know, kind of like our traditional link. So this is your base, kind of? Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Good way to use up uh, brisket trim. <laughs> right. It's a whole lot of that. Y'all do burgers and stuff with them, too? Um, I am resisting the temptation of order fire kind of cooking. Mm -hmm. And we got this big like, kitchen that I could do a ton of stuff with. But in the sake of, like, keeping it simple and not overcomplicating, like, the food and my life, <laughs> we don't do burgers. Well, it's tough to do. It's tough to do that with the style of service. Oh, absolutely. Because what are you going to do? You're going to let them get their get their tray, go sit at the table, and then they have a number, or you have a hostess or something that has to bring yeah, the food just, out after. It just doesn't work with the way we set it up. You know? uh, places that um, build a platter in the back, you know, have the cutter behind the scenes, mm -hmm. they can time everything out. But I don't ever want to work in a restaurant where there's a printer sending tickets to a kitchen ever again oh, you're done. <laughs> no you can hear that in your sleep yeah i'm done with that man uh so now it just strictly counters so whatever we do has to fit into the mold of like well if we're going to serve this it has to be able to be cooked and held and served up here and you know they I, the only exception we really make is like for toasting buns i mean uh, yeah. warming up tortillas are you just do you throw those just on the flat top or do you yeah we have a flat top in yeah. the back we yeah. toast the buns with tallow uh, we're making the tortillas from scratch, so we uh, we cook them on the, the flat top in the back. Are you using the brisket tallow for the tortillas as well? No, no, I like to keep tortillas vegetarian. Yeah. Uh, that way it's more inclusive. Um, and I grew up eating homemade tortillas with made out of Crisco, so that's just like... Oh, and then the beef tallow would totally... The yeah, the beef <laughs> tallow would throw that taste off yeah, hardcore. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> do change it. Also, I, you know, I'm, there's some guys who make some killer tortillas with um, beef tallow. Yeah, yeah, Flores tortilla, no, Mike, yeah. Yeah, I, I just don't know how to make a great one with the rendered fat, and I really like the way Crisco works. With yeah, that, oh, so. for sure, man. Yeah, there's no... I mean, the stuff that you grow up with, it's hard to get away from that, oh, especially yeah. when you're trying to build, you know, a, something to... You're trying to build off of that, you know, to you can't just start throwing some random foods on a tortilla you don't know how it's gonna taste or it's exactly. not something you perfected. And mom cooked with Crisco. I mean she fried chicken in Crisco. That's pretty classic. Uh, she chicken fried <laughs> venison in Crisco. Uh she put Crisco in her tortillas and her biscuits. So yeah. it was just like the fat I grew up using. Speaking of venison, are you a hunter? Uh, I am a hunter. I haven't hunted in many years because I don't have the time or the place to go to hunt. You don't make But I grew up uh, yeah. hunting and fishing uh, year round with my pops so. down in uh down in corpus or yeah, the, is yeah. there a bunch of whitetail down there um not down there so like you know in the summer we would fish all summer the yeah. flats 
fishing for trout and redfish and flounder. Oh, the redfish is so fun. Yeah, I didn't fish the surf. Yeah. Uh, and then in the fall, we would go to my dad's hunting lease and we would bird hunt for dove and quail. Uh, and then, you know, for the rest of the fall and the early winter, it was hunting for, for whitetail in the yeah. hill country. Yeah. I, uh, oh, the hill country. Yeah. 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 See, I, I'm just not realizing how small the deer are in Texas. They're tiny. They're little tiny, things. man. They're like I, little things. Yeah. And I mean, even the big ones are like, you know, you get maybe a 180, 200 pounder on a buck, you know. That's big around That is huge. Yeah. And then um, I just got back from doing a consulting in Iowa and they were telling me about how big they're, like their average, their average is 250, 300 for, for a buck. That's a big For deer. a whitetail. That's, a big <laughs> that's deer. not even a muley or anything. Yeah, that's a big deer. Yeah, so the, when I was up there, there was a bunch of guys that were like, they have a bunch of venison left and they're, you know, they're trying all sorts of cool little things with it. That's um, cool. Do you make any kind of jerky or anything for yourself? No, I should. Um, if I had the time and the, and the product, I definitely would though. Yeah, one of my one of my questions I had that I wanted to ask you was like, what you do on your free time? And I know it's like in the industry, there's like, that's kind of a joke, right? Free time, what's that? Yeah, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Can you teach me to free time? No. You know who's got free time is Sean Brotherton. That man is figuring it out. <laughs> like I need to go do a master class with him on time management. Cause like every time I open up my, my Instagram app, I was like, Hey, where's John now? He's over here trying this. He's trying that. <laughs> I was at he's his running, restaurant yesterday. He's running two badass restaurants yeah. successfully, and he's figured out how to like have balance in his life. Yeah, it's I mean, worthy. It's a worthy goal. He, yeah, I hung out with him and Bill yesterday. I've actually we're doing. I'm doing a collaboration with Bill. Um, we're doing uh, some elotes sausages, and nice. I think uh, a Reuben sausage. Just you know, he likes sounds to, like Bill. Oh God, you know he he can he can he'll tell you he can de de deconstruct anything and link it. Yeah, and so he's the mad scientist of sausage. He really is, and he was talking about a thing he was doing with James McFarland um, from uh, from Nomad Barbecue. Oh yeah, uh, the Barbecue Savage. Yeah, they're the, a soup. A, a, a soup is a sausage, hmm. but it's not the liquid. Obviously, it's just all the components, all the flavors, of all it. the flavors inside of it. But yeah. dude, that's insane. It's like that's really something that like blows my mind. Because they've got all these different sandwiches and stuff at Brotherton's and Liberty, and they can just now they're just going to take those and run them down and make every single one of them a sausage or he something. He might as well. Yeah, I mean, we did the Reuben yesterday, and it tasted like like all the way down to the rye bread, everything. Isn't wow. yeah, cool. it's really cool. Very cool. Yeah, but, it, it, there is no free time when it comes to the, to running a good restaurant. I mean, for sure. I, I'm trying to get better about that now that I've got you know such a great team. It it does allow me a little time to go try new restaurants and uh maybe go do a little camping every now and then yeah but you but you find yourself because you've built this restaurant up with your presence yeah. and you being <laughs> excuse me and you being there that it's hard to even bring yourself to say hey let me step away for a little sure. bit yeah i think you're just constantly thinking about it whenever you're gone too even though you know your team's got it yeah so well for the first basically two and a half years we were open if uh if i wasn't available to be at the restaurant we just the restaurant uh, yeah i understand it I've you been, know yeah. so we if i had to go do something that was important or if we uh went out like you know we went out to california to go do some stuff with a buddy of mine out there uh, a rare break from the restaurant it's like well let's just give the team a vacation you know and give them a little a little extra time off and then that way when you're there you're there and you know the food's right yeah so that's really cool i mean it sucks to have to shut down for that time because then you're like, man, it's a Saturday and I could be doing, I could be doing yeah. this, I could be making this. But then at the same time, are you going to be uh, sacrificing your quality and uh, the customer service or the other employees going to act the same when you're not mm -hmm. around? I watched this crazy uh, documentary on ramen a few years ago, and the guy that they focused on um, 
was like the best ramen maker in Japan. He had won whatever the award was for like four years in a row, making wow. the best ramen. And uh, I mean, he was super dedicated and a total nut, but um, he, he was the same way. It's like if the only time the restaurant was closed was when he was off. And it was just kind of impressive. It's like this guy cares so much that he makes sure that that he's there. Yeah. And it speaks volumes to the customers that like if they come to the restaurant and they see you there and then you make a good impression and they come back and you're still there, come back a fourth time, you're still there, a fifth, a sixth, they're regulars at that point. Um, when they see the, uh, the, the actual owner is still there daily, you know, helping out, busting tables, cooking the food, cutting the meat, uh, they, they know you're all in and that just, it builds goodwill. You know, they, they're pulling for you. At that right. Point. Yeah. And now all of a sudden you've got somebody that's defending you whenever some yeah. asshole comes in and talks about you being out of bread. Even better yeah. than that, <laughs> they, they become your proponents and they go out there and they tell people, Hey, you gotta go check out interstellar. It's great. It's right down the street. Why oh, haven't yeah. you visited there? Those are the people that you really want on your side. Yeah, because they're like, man, that's ridiculous. You just, I just saw you going to Dickies, or I just saw you bring, <laughs> home, you know, something from so and so, and you've got Interstellar right there. And they're like, well, well, they've always got a line, or oh, well, they're always sold out of this yeah. or that. And you're like, well, get, get there earlier, man. Like, it's really, you know, obviously, it's you know being sold out for a reason, right? It's being, it's good. Yeah, and you're, you're not around. You're not. I mean, tell me, do you do pit tours? We do. Yeah. I mean, we're super friendly. I mean. uh, if somebody wants to come in my kitchen and like check out what we got going on in the kitchen, I bring customers back there. Yeah, that's we what I'm do pit tours. Um, we're pretty wide open when it comes to the restaurant because um, there's, I mean, we have stuff that we're really proud of and we take good care of our place and our staff. So I'm, I'm more than happy to give people a tour of the restaurant. And that's the best time for them to understand what's really going on yeah. is for the, the education we were talking about, about educating your, you know, the people that are coming into your restaurant um for how you're set up so they're not sitting in there getting yeah, pissed people, off people love seeing the behind the scenes too. oh yeah it makes them feel so special it's like you you pulled back the curtain you're like check it out we're making sausage yeah because all the all they saw before that was all the, the beautiful pictures you see on instagram and all the you know the the the, the food network stuff that comes out or the different magazines that write sure. about you they that's all they see so then they get to come in and be like oh wow this is how they make it or this is how they do it even though you're not teaching them anything other than like this is just the the man behind the curtain you know yeah. this is uh the the how many pits do you have inside your your smokehouse uh we have uh, two thousand gallon pits and a 500 now we don't really have a smokehouse we have some trailers out front oh cool so. okay cool yeah. so are you are you able to put them into or you want to keep them mobile well um when we started the restaurant we really didn't have the budget to build a smokehouse understood i certainly didn't want to open up the window with the city of austin and have to go through permits and deal with that nightmare so we're like well let's just take the 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 trailer model put our pits on there <laughs> and close them and work out of there so um yeah it was the easiest way to open up a restaurant and not have to like open up a bunch of red tape. oh yeah oh yeah i mean in austin has plenty of the red tape oh yeah they, they live in the tape yeah they love <laughs> that shit man yeah they love it <laughs> It's a good time for them. Uh, for everybody else, it's like, you got to be kidding me. And right. It's like, well, why do I have to do this? But it worked out really well because um, they're front and center. So when the guests are sitting on the patio, they see the, the pits and the smoke and they can smell the meats cooking. They mm -hmm. can see my guys coming back and forth. Um, and if they want, they can walk up and then grab me or Carlos or War Dog and, and chat with them for a few minutes. And they can see and feel the fire. Yeah. We can walk them up to the pit and like, 
give them a peek and show them what's going on. So it, it works out really well. That's really the most beautiful part of the whole. I mean, that's where we. It's the communal thing. Yeah. You know, you you got to bring get a big old plate of barbecue. Bring all your friends. Bring your family. Come sit in the smoke. You know, sit next to the pit and, and live talk the to moment. The, and talk to the pit master and you know sit, feel the fire. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you go home, you smell the smoke in your hair. Uh, it's that's why it's so hard to take this and put it in some other part of the country or the world and do it right because there's so much to the equation to the you know, it, it's not like just a restaurant here it's our culture yeah it's like you know you talk about barbecue like going to church let's go have some barbecue that that means something it here. does it doesn't just mean like we're going to go to a restaurant and eat some smoked meats um, it so, does everywhere else though. Yeah, it does. Yeah, and that's why here when you experience all those things um, You realize how important it is to the folks that live here and why it's become such a big deal And translating that outside of tough. the the state is really tough few people have pulled it off But um, oh, yeah, there's been quite a few but but yeah, it's it's you know, it's our food, right? <laughs> right. Do you have any plans to do any any more right now? Or are you just kind of loving where you're at and... uh, barbecue restaurants? No. Yeah, no, um, the goal with Interstellar is always to been just a single standalone um, restaurant. It's a destination. That's great. But I, I, all the places that I love the most mm -hmm. in barbecue, whether it's like Louis Mueller's or Aaron's place, um, they they all tend to be under one house, one and done. one special place where everything happens, mm -hmm. builds history and community. So yeah, I, I don't want to open another Interstellar. I want it to stay special. Do you want to keep it where it's at, or would you like to have your your own um, building well, built? Well, you know, we, we're in a shopping center where yeah. that's the perfect spot for a barbecue place. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, we've made it work. Uh, Try a food hole. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've got a great uh, partner there, the landlord. Um, so we're going to be there through the end of the lease for sure. Um, I don't know where the future will take us. And big, you know, big picture. I would love to own my own building and oh, yeah. you know have a place that had a little more barbecue, yeah. barbecue feel. But we're really happy where we're at right now, and um, you know, working with somebody who's local who actually cares about your business is a really rare thing to find in any kind of business. So it would be pretty hard to leave. Y'all know where they're if y'all know where they're hidden. Let me know. Yeah, mine did not care. I'll pass it on. <laughs> yeah, did um did uh did you have you kind of opened up the question now? You said barbecue, no, but is there anything else that you maybe another sandwich shop or? Well, uh, I always dream of reopening Noble. Yeah. Um, and getting that going again. I'm sure you have plenty of people that would love to see. Yeah, that <laughs> that it would go over pretty well. I think we would need to reevaluate how we ran that restaurant because I've learned a lot from running for Interstellar. sure. Man. Yeah. So take what you've learned and hopefully apply it and make something a little bit better. So we would want to change things a touch. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of antsy. I would love to do a taco concept. I would love to reopen Interstellar. I, I've got lots of great ideas and not nearly enough time and or money. Well, you're getting there now because, so. I mean, you're able to finally step away and come here. I come visit with you today, yeah. but it takes, <laughs> takes a lot of work to open a restaurant. Oh, for sure, man. And that, that would be completely all your time away from, inter, inter, from this yeah, Interstellar. And I don't think I could do that. That would be really yeah. hard. Not right now, anyway. Yeah. Well, ever really the Maybe barbecue ever. Yeah, the barbecue thing is really hard to jump away from it it's is. it gets in your blood you know in your pores but you never know you never know what uh, life puts in front of you you know sometimes opportunities open up when you work hard and you um, you execute and and you put in the the effort sometimes luck presents itself and then you can take advantage of it 
Well, you're definitely a model of the hard work and being in the right <laughs> place and all that Thank stuff. You, so I really appreciate you coming on. I really appreciate the conversation. Yeah, it's great. Um, and man, the food is great. I'm gonna off camera probably. Yeah, crush that tray. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna get after it. <laughs> I'm gonna get after it for sure. <laughs> Very nice. Well, um, it's really good seeing you, man, and uh, let's, let's continue the conversation. So if anybody has any questions, uh, y'all go ahead and jump on the thread, and y'all can ask some questions to John and I, and we will be answering them as soon as they come in. So um, log on to Ibble, uh, see y'all on all the other platforms, and y'all have a great day. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, man. Thanks, brother.